Did you know that studies have shown affirmations can profoundly influence your psychological well-being, enhancing self-confidence and reducing anxiety? Here at Positive Birth Australia, we have crafted a 20-minute birth affirmations track filled with soulful, carefully curated affirmations to empower, inspire, and guide you to deeply remember the power you hold within. And to my fellow belly birth mothers, we have created a track specifically for you to honor that all birth is a sacred moment of profound significance. For only $5, you can download and immerse yourself in our affirmations track to transform your mindset in the lead up to birth and during labor, serving as a potent reminder of the inherent power and love you possess. Visit us at www.positivebirthaustralia.com or head to the show notes and follow the link provided to start your journey toward a more empowered birth experience. Welcome to Positive Birth Australia, a podcast created to empower and educate mothers along their own pregnancy journey. Each week, I'll be sharing insightful and inspiring birth stories and advice in the hopes to help you create your own positive birth experience. I'm your host, Sky Marie. Let's get into today's show. Welcome back everyone. On today's show, Danny takes us through her journey to bring her two daughters earthside. Moving overseas with her husband was a venture they both wanted to tick off their bucket list before settling down. Only eight months into their planned two-year trip, Danny had a surprise positive pregnancy test. Once pregnant, she reflected back to a past yoga retreat where a mother shared her empowering birth stories, reminding her that it was possible to love your birth experience. Although her planned home birth didn't eventuate for various reasons, Danny encompassed surrender and trust to the path ahead of her. With the hospital an hour and a half away, she takes us through the intensity of holding on when she realized her birth was unfolding quicker than expected. When the time came to conceive their second child, Danny quickly secured a private midwife for her dream home birth. The lesson of surrender would flow through her entire journey as her birth plan slowly unraveled. Danny shares the foretelling joke her husband made about free birthing and the innocent mishap that left her without a midwife. Enjoy the episode. Danny, welcome to Positive Birth Australia. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Could you just start off by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So um, in my family, I have myself. Um, I have my beautiful husband, Todd, and my two beautiful daughters, Bonnie Grace and Phoebe Lou. And we are currently living in Broad Beach on the Gold Coast. Amazing. What a beautiful place to bring your kids up, hey? I know. Very lucky part of the world we are in. Yeah. And do you basically live at the beach? Yeah, we just, we're only about 150 metres away from the beach. Oh, so it's wow. like our backyard because we live in a two-bedroom apartment. So beautiful. Um, and my little Bonnie is an absolute earth angel. So she loves being outside. So we are at the beach at every opportunity. Oh, living the dream, girl. Oh. So were your pregnancies planned conceptions? Uh, one of them was, um, and one of them was a surprise. So with Bonnie, um, my first, so Bonnie's two and a half, I should say, and Phoebe is three months. Um, so with Bonnie, she was a surprise conception, and we were living overseas at the time. 
So it was quite a surprise, yeah. <laughs> I will say. Where were you living? Uh, we were living in Canada okay. and we just um, – my husband and I had been married for about four years and we kind of just packed up our lives and moved overseas. It was kind of we realised we were getting a bit closer to 30 and we wanted to kind of do that. Um, we knew it was really important for us. We wanted to live overseas and so we're like, oh, we, now's our chance kind of thing. We've got to do it now. So we had really well-established, you know, life, beautiful apartment, jobs, careers and whatever else. And we just kind of were like packed up our life and moved to Canada for two years. Um, with her working visa. So it was amazing. We had the most amazing time. We absolutely loved it. But it was about eight months into our two years that we fell pregnant. Um, Completely surprised us, came out of the blue, but um, we were super grateful and we're obviously very excited. So. And so was the plan to stay there for the two years or? So we came home. So after we found out um, we we were broke, <laughs> so in Canada you earn like no money. Um, it's like you earn sixteen dollars an hour or something ridiculous, and we just had, like I mentioned, like quite a well-established lives and careers and things. So we were like living paycheck to paycheck, but loving life, like it was we're having a great time. Um, and but we were like, we can't do this here. Um, you know, kids are always on our agenda. Um, we always knew that we wanted to have them, so we're we just kind of decided that it was just not going to work for us to stay in Canada, that we had to kind of come home to kind of reestablish ourselves again and do the, do the next thing. So we moved home probably around like 14 weeks. So as soon as we found out, we pretty much saved our butts off for the next three months or probably two months to actually be able to afford a flight home because we were like dead broke, like we had no money. So we were just like every spare penny we saved to just and it took us that long to be able to afford a flight home. So we then flew back to Australia, um, which, and it was like very turbulent pregnancy, this one, this first one, I will say. It was very uh, much of like a very stressful and emotional time. But we moved back around like 14 weeks, I would say. We moved in with my brother who was on the Sunshine Coast and my brother and his partner, they've got a beautiful property up there. So we were staying with them initially and, um, when we moved home we had intention and plans to like base ourselves on the Sunshine Coast initially but I will go back because I feel like I missed a part mm-hmm. uh, when we found out we were pregnant it was kind of like we were in the middle of summer so it was like party time in Canada <laughs> just like the day I found out I just hiked a massive mountain and it was like easily the hardest thing I've ever done in my life mm-hmm. um, and it was amazing and worth it but because we found out while we're there, we're there for the first 14 weeks, we actually had quite a few like um, appointments and things in Canada. So I did have a scan, I did have blood tests and CGP and everything while we're at, like while we're actually living in Canada. We were in a really small town um, called Jasper, like in the Rocky Mountains. And I had a friend, one of our best friends that lives there, she still lives there, was pregnant at the time. So I also got to witness her go through like that medical system over there and what that looked like. Mm-hmm. And I was... Um, I went to one of her appointments with her because in the small town that we lived in, you weren't actually allowed to birth in that town. You had to drive to the next town to give birth. And so learning all this while she was pregnant and then finding out I was pregnant, that also was very much not what I wanted to do Yeah. because I knew, I knew before I even fell pregnant that I wanted to have a home birth. That was something that I really wanted. Amazing. Was there anyone or anything in particular that sort of influenced that choice? Like did you have anyone in your circle 
that had births at home, I guess? Um, there was two main kind of key points, I guess, I can remember or I can put a finger on that kind of led me to want to go down that path. Okay. The first one would be when um, I was at a yoga retreat in Byron Bay having a wonderful time and I got chatting to one of the beautiful women there and she had had three births. I know I think it was about five or six of us just around the dinner table and she was sharing her births with us. And she spoke so amazingly positively about her births and how much she loved birth. And she really enjoyed it and she couldn't wait to do it again. And it was just like a really kind of profound moment for me because I'd never heard that kind of narrative around birth before. Yeah, I'd never heard that you I didn't. I didn't know, like I left that conversation thinking to myself, I didn't even know that you could enjoy giving birth, let alone I didn't even know that you could love giving birth. And I left that conversation thinking like I want to feel that way about my birth one day. Like it was much, like I was probably in my early 20s at that point. So for me, the idea of birth was like so far away. Mm. But I knew like that I definitely wanted to feel that way about birth. So and I kind of, you know, I knew that, I found that out and then I locked that away in the back of my mind because I was like, that's so far <laughs> away for me. I don't have to worry about that right now. Um, and then it would have been a couple of years. It was actually when we were in Canada. The second moment was I'd just got into podcasts. Um, I don't know if podcasts were just a thing or if I just got into them. I was probably late to party. Um, and there was one of them, um, Deliciously Ella. She's a big like UK um, vegan entrepreneur. Yeah. Body, yeah. So I'm not sure if anyone's familiar with her, but she had just had a home birth, and she did a podcast with Millie Hill, which I know you've done a podcast with Millie Hill too. Yes, I, I listened to that one; it was one of the first ones I listened to of yours. Um, and that podcast just like shifted something for me as well. So it was Ella shared her birth story, and it was a home birth, and it was the first time I'd ever heard about a home birth before. I hadn't really like didn't really know anything about them. I didn't know that home births meant that you had midwives in your home and that you were still kind of cared for in the, you know, somewhat of a medical, like, fashion, mm. medical system of some sort. Um, so, and then the, the podcast went in to talk about, like, the landscape of birth within, like, the UK, Australia and US and things. And it was just so eye-opening to me. And, again, at this point I'm listening to this podcast thinking, oh, this is, like, years away, but this is, like, great knowledge because I just was a fan of her podcast. It was just like, oh, this will be interesting. I'll listen to her birth. Um, but at the end of that podcast it kind of, like, reactivated that other memory of wanting to love giving birth, like that thought of I want to love giving birth. And I thought, you know, this, like a home birth, sounds like a way that I'm going to be able to love giving birth. So those, those two kind of key things led me to wanting to have a home birth. And it was a bit, like I said, it was a bit of a surprise that we felt pregnant. Um, so we found out, like, my period was, like, 10 days overdue or something. And I was just like, no, my period will come, my period will come. And obviously it did not come. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was, like, day 10 and my husband's like, okay, we need to take the test now. Like, I bought one probably at day, like, five. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to use it. It's fine. Anyway, day 10 we took the test and it was, like, the biggest, clearest <laughs> plus sign you've ever seen in your life. Were there was no doubt about, about it. Yeah, we were together. Um, I'm like, okay. And so I waited a couple of days to kind of let that sink in for my husband because I'd never had any kind of conversations with him around birth ever. Like, I mean, apart from knowing that we wanted to do that together. <laughs> but it was probably like three days after we found out. Um, I said to my husband, hey, I want to have a home birth. And he was just like, what? Like, just 
semi freaked out a little bit because he at this time had no idea about home birth either. Like he just thought a home birth was him and I at home birthing a baby, <laughs> which spoiler alert, we did do, <laughs> but that's down the track. Um, but yeah, so it was just like he it took him a little while to like be like, "What are you talking about? What do you mean?" And so eventually, I think it was like the week later, I actually sat him down and we listened to Deliciously Ella's podcast again about her birth and then with the Millie Hill section. And then after he listened to that podcast, he's like, "Okay, it looks like we're having our own birth." So amazing. He was on board pretty early on, and he's always like, he's incredibly supportive, um, no matter what or anything ever. So I knew it wouldn't take much to get him on board, but. From the very start, we wanted to have a home birth. So we knew we couldn't do that in a small town that we were living in. And that was another driving force behind wanting us to come home as well mm-hmm. because we wanted to come back um, to be able to do that. But, yeah, so I guess moving back to us coming home, we we landed back on the Sunshine Coast at my brother's place and um, we just were, like, hectically looking for work like nothing else, both of us, because we were both obviously didn't have any jobs. We were living in Melbourne. I don't know if I mentioned that previously. So before we moved overseas, we were living in Melbourne. So we moved back to Queensland. So we were just like starting fresh. Um, and it was a real emotional slog and like physically and everything. Like it was just a really, really hard time because we were looking for work. We didn't have anywhere like to live. Obviously, we're living with my brother, like staying with my brother, like temporarily it wasn't going to be a long-term solution. So we just... Yeah, uh, we was about six weeks of us like hardcore looking and just not getting anywhere that we decided we needed to like branch out and look in like Brisbane and other areas because we're like we just can't really afford to keep losing time and not finding anything on the Sunshine Coast. Mm. Um, but in that time, like in that time when we landed home because we knew we wanted to have a home birth, I immediately started looking down the path of engaging with a midwife and trying to find someone to support us with our want for home birth. So. We, I think it was like around 16 weeks, so a couple weeks after landing home, um, I we teed up a meeting with Coast Life Midwifery, which is a mid like a mid private midwife practice on the Sunshine Coast, and um, had a conversation with them, and they were going to be able to support us with the home birth. So we kind of locked that in straight away because that was like a priority for me. It was really important. And also, um, like, having someone to care for me for the rest of my pregnancy too. Because at this point, I'd obviously already had a bunch of scans and bloods and seen a bunch of different doctors in Canada. And coming back home, I just kind of wanted to see the one person with so much other turbulence going on, like us not knowing what our job's going to be, like where we're going to be living or anything. I just wanted to have the same care provider for the rest of my pregnancy and just know the person because that was really another thing that was really important to me. Yeah. And everything that I'd read and um, looked at, around birth and like having a positive birth like everything comes back to like having that trust with your um, providers so I, w- I was really really wanted that um so I like dived in and committed to the midwife and I was like this is the midwife we're gonna have we're not like this is it <laughs> um she's gonna be with us for the rest of this pregnancy and um and she was so that was really beautiful but um in the time of us looking for work and things, we ended up did getting work in Brisbane. So we had to move to Brisbane. Uh, well, we end, well, didn't have to, but we obviously we ended up moving to Brisbane because it just worked easier. We had work there. We had an income and we could then find somewhere to live and we got a little apartment in Brisbane and ended up doing that. So we were about an hour and a half away from the Sunshine Coast, for those that don't know. Um, and, like, throughout that time, 
I think it was we just just after we moved or whatever it was, we moved, we went back up to our Sunshine Coast for our midwife appointment and we're chatting with them and obviously told them that we'd just relocated and we'd actually relocated outside of the zone in which they service for home births. Oh, bugger. Yeah, so they only did like a certain radius of for home births. I can't quite remember what it was, but, you know, like a circle around from wherever they worked from. Um, and we'd moved outside that radius. So at this point they were like, you know what, we can refer you to some midwives in Brisbane if you'd like, um, you know, or if you'd like to, you can stay in our care and we can, you can have the birth at the hospital at the Sunshine Coast Union Hospital because that's where they had access to. Um, and we can, you know, provide you birth there, you know, or if you had somewhere else you wanted to give birth, blah, blah, blah. So we were kind of, I didn't, at this point we were still kind of up near what we're going to do because we didn't have, you know, we're living in Brisbane at this point. We weren't, didn't look like we we're going to be able to move to Sunshine Coast. So we tried that. It didn't work. Um, I did like run the idea past potentially giving birth in my brother's house, but he wasn't too keen. His partner was all for it, but um, it was that logistically would have worked either because they, they, where they lived, um, like it was down a dirt road, kind of, it was just not really like accessible or anything either. So um, I was, I think it was just after Christmas. So I can't remember when it was, but we, we decided that we weren't going to have the home birth anymore, that I wanted to stay in the care of my midwives, but have the birth at the hospital. Because there was a toy between, you know, we did consider like getting an Airbnb and doing the birth there, but then like just logistically, it'd just be so much for Todd and I wanted him to be able to be there to support me and it just, it was just coming too hard. So having the main, the same midwife was, like I mentioned, really important. So I just said, no, look, we won't do the home birth when we'll just go for the hospital birth with our midwife because um, I felt at this point we had quite a few appointments and I felt really like felt like I could trust her, so I wanted to have her there to advocate for us. So uh, we chose to go down that path instead. So it was a little bit of um, – I was, I was like kind of – I was relieved, I guess you could say, because we'd finally at this point – we'd finally had someone to leave, finally had jobs. There were so many things that were like stresses throughout that period of the pregnancy. So I was just kind of at a point where I was just really relieved. We had like a base, we had an income and like we had a plan now as well with regards to the birth because prior to that it was all very like wishy-washy, like what are we going to do? Um, yeah, so I was – I ultimately made the choice and I was really happy with my choice as well Yeah. in the end. So was the plan to wait until you were in active labour and then drive to the hospital? Yeah, that was it. So – it was about an hour and a half drive from where we were living to the hospital. And because it was my first birth, everyone's like, you'll have heaps of time. Like, don't worry. As soon as you'll find out labor's starting, like, just get in the car and, you know, it'll be leisurely and it'll be beautiful and all the things, you know. So, like, okay, great. You know, that'll be, it sounds lovely. Um, but then, obviously, fast forward to the end of my pregnancy, it was April 2020. So, COVID had just hit Australia. There was lockdowns. Everyone was kind of, it was a, the whole uncertainty of COVID had just come to town. So um, it was, I guess that didn't impact us too much, um, but I kind of pretty much locked myself up inside from the start of March because I didn't want to get sick. Uh, and I was like heavily pregnant and I was like, I don't want that to impact anything because uh, obviously everything, it was all very scary and new at that point. No one really knew what was going on. Um, but, and also my, my mum was living in WA at the time, my mum and dad living in WA and my mum was going to be coming over um, to stay with us for a couple of weeks after we'd given birth. But because of all the border closures and things, she ended up 
coming over early as well. So it was kind of like we had to make a call in March. Does she come over now and is there for post-birth or does she potentially not come? Because just, there was so much uncertainty and unknown around the COVID stuff at the time. So mum flew over about two or three weeks earlier than we'd anticipated. So mum was living with us, well, staying with us at that point as well. Um, so, yeah, so that, I mean, that was great because when the labour started, which I guess I'll get into, it was um, Good Friday night because she was born on Easter weekend. Um, it was Good Friday night. Mum, Todd and I were there just watching a movie and, like I said, at this point, like there was no sport or anything, so we went into like our 100th Netflix movie, which was like, you know, the bottom of the barrel of content at this point. Um, and the pains, my pains kind of started and I was, you know, I didn't want to get everyone excited. So I kind of were just like flying there and like every kind of 10 minutes I had like a bit of like a period like, you know, oh, okay, like this is something. How far along were you? I was overdue at this point. I was like 40 and 4. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it would have been, oh, I would have, yeah, something like that. 40 and 3, I think that was when I went into labour and she was born 40 and 4 or something like that. Um, but it was great because I've had the care of the private midwives. They obviously don't force you or, like, they don't really talk about induction or, like, force you in that kind of way. Um, it wasn't really a thing. I was just, you know, I was happy to go over and they were happy for me to go over as well. Um, and... Yeah, I was lying there, had all these pains, and then it was like I think about the third pain. So I've been obviously about 30 minutes. So I was like, all right, guys, I've been feeling a little bit of a pain, and they both like get so excited, and I'm like, no, like calm down, um, you know, might not be it. And anyway, so then throughout the movie, I would just kind of like raise my hand every time I got a pain, and Todd was like timing them, and they were 10 minutes apart. And from pretty much when they started, they were just kept being 10 minutes apart the whole time. And so after the movie, we kind of you know, put, did a little, few little things, um, had a little dance, put on some music and then just tried to go to sleep. So I thought, and I text my midwife actually saying like what was going on and she was like, okay, great, like just have a bit of a rest and just see how you go. Um, and then it was probably around 10 o'clock at night. I got up, so it was probably about 8 o'clock at night I went to bed, I'd say, 8, 8.30 or something like that. About 10 o'clock I got up and filled up my hot water bottle because um, I was kind of getting a little bit more uncomfortable. And so then I kind of laid in bed with a hot water bottle, like on my back and on my stomach for probably, I don't know, probably another hour. And I was kind of dozing a little bit. But it was probably around midnight where I got up and I just couldn't, there was no dozing anymore. It was just, it was intensifying and I just couldn't really sleep now. And I was just by myself, mum and Todd were sleeping. I thought I'd just let them sleep because, you know, don't know what the night's going to do or how it's going to unfold. Um, so I was like, you know, Todd needs his sleep. He doesn't have all the hormones. So I just kind of was pacing, walked around the house just by myself. And then it was around 2 a.m. Mum heard me refill the jug to refill my hot water bottle. And so mum got out of bed and then she starts timing them for me. And they're about two minutes apart. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I managed really well um, on my own, which I was like brilliant. And like hindsight's a beautiful thing. Obviously, I'll reflect back. I'm like, wow, I did so well. Go me. Um, but then it was like 2 o'clock. And mum's like, my mum's kind of been like, um, I think you need to wake up Todd and call the midwife and like, let's get this stuff moving because it's pretty close now. So quarter past two, like I wake up Todd and I'm like, hey babe, like it's definitely on, like it's on, you've got to get up now. He's like, okay, cool. And then we call the midwife and I'm like perfectly fine between contractions, like I can talk perfectly normally. So I'm like on the phone to the midwife um, and she's like, oh, like you still seem pretty, you know, fine, like 
happy hope just you know leave it another you know an hour or two and then we'll see how we go kind of thing um but like todd's in mean meanwhile todd and mum are like freaking out because the drive to the hospital is an hour and a half <laughs> so they're like no like you should be going to the hospital now um but anyway i jump in the shower instead and again hindsight this is this is definitely where i transitioned because i was i got in the shower and i'm like you know, I had just went really internally. I couldn't really identify the start and stop end of my contractions anymore. And I was kind of muffled mum and Todd's voices speaking. I just couldn't really hear what they were saying or anything. I just kind of went really inward. And now I know that's transitioning. But at the time I was um, just, you know, trying to be really present and in it. Anyway, we got out of it. Todd, Todd ends up making a call when I'm in the shower, like, no, we need to leave right now. So Mum is like got our labour to do list and like packing all of our bags and doing all the stuff and Todd's getting me out of the shower and getting me clothed um, to then get me in the car to to go like you know for our nice leisurely journey to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we get into the car, so we've got all the things. Get into the car, and I, I can I notice a real difference between the labour prior to the shower and after the shower. Like after the shower, I had big gaps like about three minutes between contractions and then the contraction would come and it would be like really, really intense. But then I had like another three minute kind of gap where I could really relax into my body. And again, in between the contractions, I was fine. Like I was talking like this, like you wouldn't know, like I was just texting, like whatever else. But then when the contraction came, I was like yelling um, and like quite vocal and like we're in the car at this point. So I was like yelling out the window, had the window down like as a distraction and things. But we were only about 10 minutes into the journey in the car where I said to Todd, I feel like I need to push. And, like, Todd's, like, freaking out. And he's, like, a very, like, very, very cool, calm and collective kind of guy. And I can just see on his face he's just like, okay, babe, don't worry. <laughs> like he's trying to, like, and I'm, because we're in this tiny little car too. It's, um like, a little, I mean, it's got four doors, doesn't it? I can't remember. But it's, like, a small little Honda. And so, like, every time I get a contraction, I'm, like, pressing my feet into the ground and, like, grabbing the little handle thing and practically doing a squat because I'm, like, lifting my butt off the chair um, just because I couldn't walk around and move and, like, release in any other way. So I'm just, like, every time there's a contraction, I, like, tense my whole entire body. And with the window down, I, like, yell out the window because I just, that yelling felt really good because I could just, like, release the, you know, tension in the body. Yeah. yeah, so we'll scream out the window and um, it was about – it was actually before, I guess, before I'd said to Todd, I feel like I need a push. It was probably a couple minutes prior to that. I'd said to Todd, I don't think I can do this for much longer. Like I obviously had this planned for this, you know, no um, drugs or anything for my birth, but I said to Todd, oh, my gosh, like if this is early labour still, I don't think I can do this without pain medication. Um, and Todd's like, babe, I don't think this is early labor. Um, but because I'd just spoken to the midwife and she's like, oh, you know, it's fine. <laughs> I was like still, I didn't really realize at what point I was at in labor. Um, and then it wasn't until like a couple of minutes later, where I'm like, okay, I feel like I really, I've got like pressure on there. I really feel like I need to push. Um, anyway, I was like squeezing my butt together like nothing else. I was not pushing in the car. I was like, this is not happening. We're not having this baby in the car. Not happening. So... I was like holding on with like every bit I had to like not have this baby come out. And so we'd like 
Todd's like, I don't know how fast he's going, like really, really fast down the highway to try and get to the hospital. Um, and it's like a really foggy morning, like it's scarily foggy. And if Todd's like, if we have to pull over, like no one is going to be able to find us. Like the am- if we had to pull over to deliver the baby, an ambulance wouldn't be able to find us on the road because there's that much fog. You couldn't see a meter in front of you. So he's like, this is not happening. We are getting to the hospital kind of thing. Um, and I'm like usually a very affectionate person. And so Todd's trying to like put his hand on my leg and whatever. And I'm just like, don't touch me. <laughs> Leave me alone. Um, anyway, my water breaks in the car. We're about three quarters of the way there. So we're probably about 45 minutes into the journey. Um, and my water breaks. And that's when I start to kind of freak out a little bit. because I'm just like, oh my goodness, my water's just like popped and like gone everywhere. Like thankfully, like we had a towel on the seat and like I already had like a pad and Mondays and everything. We like thought ahead, had it all ready. So it wasn't like, it wasn't, you know, we didn't do any damage or anything, but it was still just, that was when I was like, okay, like the baby's definitely coming. Um, and then we got to the hospital at around 5 a.m. So we left our house in Brisbane at around 4 a.m. And then we arrived at the hospital around 5 a.m. So Todd saved us about half an hour in the journey um, down there or up there, I should say. And we, like, pulled into the car park, like, behind the midwife because we were still kind of communicating with the midwife, like, on our drive. And so she pulls into the hospital before us and we're in our cars, like, hours behind hers. And she can hear me yelling from her car because I'm, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, like, letting it all out. Um and then we get – she, like, comes over, helps us get out of the car. We walk up to the birth suite and it's, like, a quarter past five or something at this point. And um, she wanted me to get up on the bed just to, like, see how far I was going, like, just to check progress, whatever. And I get up there and you can already see, like, a head with hair. Like, she had a full head of hair and you could already see it. So, we're like, okay, baby's coming. And so I really wanted a water birth, so they started running the bath. Um, I jumped in the shower for about 20 minutes while they were running the bath, and like it was kind of the same. Like I was, all con- it was still, you know, every three minutes I was getting like a big contraction. And then we jumped into the bath when it was ready. And then as soon as I got into the bath, I started getting these intense leg cramps because I'd just spent like an hour practically doing a squat in the car. As soon as I, like, relaxed my legs in the bath, I was just getting cramps, like, all up my calves, all of my, like, like hamstrings, everything. Like, my, my legs were just not coping. And, like, they – those leg cramps were more painful than, the, like, the birth and the labour. So I was just not coping with being in the water. I was like, this is just, like, distractingly uncomfortable. And I was just like the whole time Todd and my midwife were just like massaging my legs because I was just like all I was doing was complaining about how sore my legs were. So I ended up having to get out of the bath because that wasn't going to work. And then I got on the bed, which was like the last place I had envisioned giving birth. <laughs> um, but which is like I look back now, it's just funny that it obviously happened that way. Yeah. Um, and I got on the bed and then within 20 minutes, like again, I had just had to have my legs being massaged the whole time. But um, – I remember feeling the ring of fire when she was like just like she was crowning and it was like about to come out and I was again like I was fine in between contractions so it was like in between the contractions I'm like it's like really hot down there like do you reckon you could get like an ice pack or something like it's just really uncomfortable and my midwife's like it's not going to be comfortable from now on (laughs) it's going to be uncomfortable from now (laughs) um like the baby is coming and then I think it was like the next push or something like that her head come out and she kind of just all flew out all at once 
Um, and then, yeah, she was here. And so Todd was there to catch her and, like, lift her up and put her on my chest. And uh, we didn't know what we were having. We thought, surprise baby, may as well be surprise everything. So when we lifted her up, we saw that she was a girl. And um, Todd said, it's a girl. And, yeah, she was born at quarter past or 17 minutes past six in the morning. So it all happened very quickly um, in hindsight. Yeah. For like, you know, first birth, like to have take it, you know, Todd, Todd only woke up four hours earlier. Yeah, um, And then, yeah, but they're on the Sunshine Coast having a baby. Amazing. I'm just in awe that you survived that whole car ride without giving birth. I know. <laughs> like I said, I was clenching like nothing else. I was like, this is not happening. So it was, um, it was really wonderful. I've, it was, you know, we were only in hospital for like that hour um, of the whole labor before she was born. So like, you know, we pr- hardly used the space. I know another midwife from the hospital came in and was there present for the birth but you know I couldn't pick her in a lineup she was there for like 10 minutes and left again so it was really it was just me Todd and my midwife and it was just really like lovely and intimate and beautiful and yes so you basically left the hospital straight away after birth or uh we only stayed at the hospital for about five hours so we checked out at 11 a.m because it was peak COVID time like it was just so uncertain everyone was kind of like in and out and we'd booked an apartment on the sunshine coast like just across the road from a hospital for a week um post so that we could have all of our like home visits and everything there and help with feeding and whatever else just so that we could um you know we weren't too far from the hospital and midwives could come and it was also really nice because it was just um todd and i like mum stayed home at our part like at our apartment in brisbane so um, it was nice to just for Todd and I to have that time, us and um, the baby, and kind of you know orientate ourselves to our new life, um, and like you know learn feeding and whatever else as well throughout that. So that was really great. So we just checked out. Like I mean, after she was born, Alison had to go and do something at the hospital. That's a midwife, and then. It was just Todd and I in the room. So Todd's like, "Well, how about I go check in so like we can just walk straight in? You don't have to worry about." checking in or whatever so he kind of just walked over the road and checked us in and got us all sorted and then walked back and then he walked across the road with the baby so like Alison drove me in her car but Todd Todd was like I just like they just let me leave the hospital with a baby and I like just walked out the front door holding a baby and no one said anything and I was like yeah um so yeah so that was really that was great everything was great I did tear um so I think my placenta came about 20, 30 minutes later, just on its own. And then after that, I got stitched up. Um, one of the obstetricians came in um, so that the midwife could finish doing all the things that she was doing. And I got to have all the beautiful skin to skin and everything like that that Bonnie did to her, um, crawled to her boob and everything, like my boob and everything on her own. So, yeah, it was all very, for it was very much what I wanted. It was like, the, you know, the ideal version of hospital birth for what I wanted. So I was very, very pleased. Yeah incredible birth so in the lead up to that birth was there any uh particular books or resources that you use to educate yourself um with uh, going through coast life midwifery the private um, group practice mm-hmm. they um offer like fortnightly classes so they did a whole like, educational piece so um i did that and that was really lovely because you do it with all the other pregnant mamas so you kind of have like a problem pregnant mama's group, like a pre-mums group before you all give birth. 
um, which is really lovely. And then I know, like I was obviously in Brisbane, but I know a lot of the mums like befriended one another and had like a little mums group after giving birth as well, which was really nice because they kind of group you together with people due around the same time. So we had about, I guess, like 10 or 15 ladies that were all due around um, like April, I think March, April, I think it was. So yeah, it was, that was really, really great. We did so much education through that. And I also um, read like a book about pregnancy. It was like a pregnancy, like textbook. And I like binged everything birth. I love birth photography, birth videos. I was just like a binged everything. Watched, watched so many birth videos, um, so many podcasts. Uh, yeah. So I just, I did a lot of like my own kind of like education in that sense I didn't do any kind of like formal course or anything but um from what I know the co- the kind of content that the midwives share every two weeks or whatever it is um is quite similar to like a hypnobirthing course of what I've been told because my sister-in-law used the same midwives and she also did a hypnobirthing course so she said like a lot of the content a lot of the top content was quite similar um except they don't do like the hypno tracks and stuff in the way the hypnobirthing does that so yeah awesome so taking in your first experience then what was the plan for your second birth so from the very start we were planning a home birth because um with obviously we had that intention the first time and that didn't come through for various reasons so when we found out we were pregnant the second time we immediately knew that that's what we were going to do there was like no question not even a conversation about it really it was just like that's what we're doing yeah um yeah so the second time was a planned conception so we did um plan to conceive phoebe and i think my friend bernie who has been on your podcast too she like alluded to us having a group chat and semi-planning on all conceiving at the same time <laughs> our friends um which we did so uh yeah it was it all for us it was we're really fortunate we felt pregnant the second time we tried so it was um yeah really great um the second pregnancy was a lot harder physically a lot easier emotionally because it was we were stable as soon as we found out we were pregnant I was like we are not moving we are staying still we're staying in this apartment and we are not going anywhere (laughs) um so and we did that um because of all the moves we did last time I was like this is going to be a healing pregnancy experience for me (laughs) was my plan but it was a lot harder on me physically um just for just I was more like nauseous and sick at the start I got COVID as well um and it was just a year of so much sickness this year I don't know I I mean I know so many other mums that have also been equally sick this year just from all the daycare sickness that has gone through this year it's just been relentless and like Todd and I 50-50 caught the split of who got what but there was like gastro there was like everything so we just had like months of sickness so that was harder I was also working full-time because I went back to work after having Bon and I traveled for work for a little bit so like going you know did quite a few work trips in like a short space of time so there was a period there but I was just really fatigued and I was so just physically it was a bit harder I had pelvic pain and stuff as well but all around like you know we're still pretty you know, lovely pregnancy. It was just I didn't get to nap like I did the first time. Yeah, <laughs> you know, when you've got a toddler and a full-time job and, you know, you don't have that time to, um, like, really, really rest. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we had pretty much around, like, week nine, I think. Like, you know, we found out pretty early on, but it was only 
a couple of weeks into the pregnancy, I started looking for a midwife because uh, we knew we obviously want to have our mid- home birth again. Um, this time we're living on the Gold Coast, so we're living on the Gold Coast when we conceived. So um, the way they, the midwives kind of work down here is a little bit different to how they worked on the Sunshine Coast um, in the way that they're all most of them work kind of more privately rather than like a practice of them. Um, like, a, you know, on the Sunshine Coast, it was about like five midwives at Coast Life anyway that all worked kind of together. They're all private midwives but like in a practice, so that makes sense. Yeah. And then um, on the Gold Coast, they're kind of all more work, they were all working kind of more just individually. Um, so I just was uh, a member like of the Gold Coast home birth community on Facebook and sought recommendations through there and contacts through there and reached out to a few different people to like engage someone that way. And so we found a midwife that we really liked and um, we started care with her um, and she cared for us for the first 25 weeks or 24 weeks or something like that of the pregnancy. Um, And then she had um, like a death in the family and could no longer um, support women anymore. So she called and, yeah, so she called. It was quite sad, obviously, for her. And obviously there's no hard feelings at all. Um, But, yeah, she called and cancelled our care because she's like, I just emotionally, I just can't, you know, be there for women, which is completely understandable. Um, but at this point I, like most of the midwives on the Gold Coast were booked out for home births. Like I was, even at nine, 10 weeks, it was hard to find someone that had availability, which blew my mind. Yeah. At this point it was just very hard. So, um, I immediately, like obviously after initially feeling very like, you know, immense, um, immensely sorry and, you know, love for our midwife. Um, I then immediately went into, oh, my God, are we going to be able to find a midwife? Are we going to be able to actually have our home birth that we want? Um, but thankfully she would reached out to some midwives that she knew in, you know, practising and had put me onto someone that had a vacancy. So that was really, really great and thoughtful of her to do that for me. So she put me onto another midwife who did have the space and did take me on. And we were really happy with her as well, like really happy with her care. And she had a wealth of... Um, knowledge in home births most of her um, career had been in home births so we felt really safe with her yeah so that was really great but I will note that at this point I get off the phone and I tell Todd about the conversation I just had with the midwife and Todd's like initial reaction was like oh well babe we'll just have to have a free birth oh wow <laughs> and I was just like <laughs> was not like he was semi-joking he tells me oh. but I was like not down for that I was like no <laughs> Initially, I was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Um, But I think at the time, like, he was working with a colleague who just had a free birth, and so they were speaking about birth a lot at work, like him and his colleague. And his colleague, like, shared the the vid, like, they made a birth video of their birth of their child, and they shared it with us, and we watched it together and stuff, and it was really beautiful and lovely. So it was really nice that he kind of had that, um, like, another, you know, man that he was working with that had been through that and they spoke about it and things, yeah. um, which was really great. So I don't think he ever would have had that kind of um, relaxed attitude around it if it hadn't been for that influence. Yeah, but it's funny. It's like, careful what you wish for because <laughs> then um, fast forward to the end of the pregnancy, again, I went overdue. Uh, so I went to like 40 and 5 and, again, like, there was no pressure for induction or anything, just kind of just letting the – you know, we kind of anticipated I'll go over because I went over the first time. And the day I went into labour, I was, um, 
I kind of knew. I kind of knew it was the day. I even said to Todd, I'm like, oh, it was like mid-afternoon and I was like, I'm just going to have a shower and wash my hair so that I look nice when the baby comes, you know. <laughs> like just we kind of mentally ticked off everything we had to do on our checklist that day. I had acupuncture that morning, like induction acupuncture um, for like the fourth time because <laughs> I went like quite a few times. So I'm like, come on. Um, and then it all kind of happened really, really quickly. So this birth was like the first birth happened pretty quickly. But this birth was very, very quick. <laughs> so, Were you anticipating that at all or not really? I did kind of think that it was going to be a quick birth just because with Bonnie it was so quick. Yeah. Um, but I never anticipated that it would be as quick as it was. Yeah, so it was, yeah, so it was Thursday night. Um, it was like 10, Todd will tell you it's 10.38 p.m. because he was just coming to bed. <laughs> and I woke up with like, a really intense pain and I should say too about the two or three weeks prior to this we had about two or three false alarms where we thought labor was starting and then it kind of petered out so it would would start like mid-afternoon like four or five and then it would kind of be consistent like I'd get like these pains were like you know every 10-15 minutes and then it would kind of peter out around dinner time and bedtime um and that was getting really annoying. <laughs> I was getting really frustrated with that because I was like, come on, like the first time it happened, we were getting so excited. Yeah. And because we are living in a two-bedroom apartment, like it's quite a big apartment, and we had the birth pool and everything. We had the birth space, had the little, you know, what is it, like affirmations and whatever on the wall. And so like we had the birth pool like packed away to the side because we didn't have the luxury of space of having it like out and ready. Like I know some people have their birth pool blown up for like three weeks and then they just like fill it up. We did not have the luxury of space in our, in our apartment. So we had the birth pool like packed away. And so, you know, when it was go time for us, it was going to be like go time, like setting up everything. But yeah, so we, like the time, it was Thursday night. I had the, my first pain, the, like the real pain. And I was like, it was a very distinctly different that time to all of the false alarms. So I was like, okay, I feel like we're definitely on here. Um, and... So, but I was still, I was like in bed because I was sleeping. So I woke up and I was like, oh, okay, that's definitely something. And I was like, I'm just going to wait for another one before I alert anything, any attention to anything. 10 minutes later, another one, like really intense. And I was like, okay. So I told Todd, I'm like, we've just had two. I'm like, okay, if there's a third one, we're jumping out of bed and we're like, all systems go. So 10 minutes later, I had another one and we both just like flicked back the doodah covers, jumped out of bed and we're like, all systems go, like had to, Todd immediately like went in the kitchen, started like doing the dishes. I started like putting down the drop sheets, like getting the towels, gathering stuff from around the house. Todd got my water bottle like filled for me, like my hot water bottle. And so we're like doing all this stuff. And in the same time, Todd's trying to like time my contractions for me. So like the first three were 10 minutes apart and then they immediately went to two minutes apart. So within half an hour of being awake, so we got out of bed at 11 p.m., by 11.30, they were two minutes apart. And at this point, we're like, okay, probably should call the midwife because <laughs> we're just like busily trying to get the house ready. Um, like, okay, probably should just call the midwife and let her know what's happening. So I call and I get like voicemail. So I leave a voicemail and I text her like, I'll call you back at five. And then I call again and again and again and we're just not getting the midwife. She's just not answering the phone. Um and so I keep calling her, obviously, to try and get her. Um, she's not answering. And so at this point it's like probably 10 minutes into me trying to call her and I'm just kind of – it's kind of getting like more and more intense. 
like labor's getting more and more intense. So I'm like, I said to Todd, I'm like, you need to be in charge of calling her now. I'm just going to like be in this now. Like I need to just be laboring. You need, you deal with that. And so anyway, he's still trying to call the midwife still trying to, and we're just, we're not getting on to her. She's not answering the phone. And so I'm going like between the toilet and the lounge room, toilet and lounge room. And this time around, I thought I'm definitely going to know when I'm transitioning, like hindsight, like I, now that I know what it's like, like thinking back, knowing what bonds was like, I'm going to be able to know in the moment. Like I'm, I'm sure I'm going to know. Absolutely did not know. <laughs> Again, it was like hindsight. It wasn't until like a couple of days later that I realized when I transitioned. But I was like, I'd come out of the bar, like out of the toilet. I'd sat on the toilet and that's that's where I transitioned. And I'd come out and I just like had this like need to be on all fours on the ground. So I was just like on all fours on the ground. And it's kind of getting close to midnight at this point. And it's kind of where it gets a bit blurry because everything kind of happens all really quickly around midnight. But it's like midnight and I'm saying to Todd like, I feel like I need a push now. I feel like I need a push now at midnight. And so the next contraction comes and like my body just pushes. Like it was crazy how incredible like your body just does it. So my body just starts pushing and I'm like, all right, babe, like I'm pushing, like I'm pushing. Um, And Todd's like pacing the kitchen on the phone trying to get the midwife because he was just like, what is going on? Why is she not answering the phone? And so it's at this point we've been trying to call her for like an hour and we're just not getting it. So like, okay. I mean, boss not answering her phone. And it's like, I think the third pushing contraction or something like that, I like have this thought of like, oh, like you need to do this. So like at the start of my pregnancy, I inquired, like I mentioned with a few midwives, our midwife told us the name of our second midwife about a week or two before, like, you know, towards the end of our birth. She's like, this is the, the like the name of the second midwife that'll be there at the birth. I'd actually inquired for her to be my midwife at the start of my pregnancy. So I knew that I had her contact details like hidden in the depths of my email somewhere. So I like, and this has come to me like in the middle of the contractions while I'm pushing. So I'm like on the ground at all fours, like Todd, go to my email, search Tracy, blah, blah, (laughs) call her, (laughs) explain to her who we are and whatever else. So Todd's like doing all this and he's on the phone and he like calls her, leaves her a voicemail. Wait, so she, she didn't answer either. She didn't answer either, no. <laughs> Leaves oh. her a voicemail, but she calls us back okay. in within a couple of minutes. So within a couple of minutes, Todd's on the phone to this this other midwife we hadn't met before, but she worked closely with our midwife. So um, so she anyway, she called us back and it was they were discussing and she's like, okay, I'll come. She's like, I'll come. That's fine. Like text me your address and, you know, I'll be there. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, and like, I always think like, this is where I kind of forget the order of things, but she, I think Todd called the midwife, finally got onto her. She's now coming over. I think the next contraction, my waters break and they kind of go everywhere. I'm like, cause I'm on all fours, like on the outside of the pool. I think at this point we're filling the pool up. I don't know. It's all a bit of a blur, but I definitely was like contracting and having to hold the hose to fill up the pool because it's just Todd and I at home and like Todd's like in the bite Todd's got the hose like in the kitchen and I'm like with the birth pool like on all fours holding the hose in the pool (laughs) filling the birth pool up and then my waters break all over these blueies because Todd's put blueies down all over the ground um and 
And I'm just kind of like in it. And I'm just like, oh, my God, my water's broke. And like Todd, like, is all over it. He picks up the bluey. He takes – because it was all, like, dim lighting. Like, we didn't have any lights on kind of thing. It was just like a lamp. He takes the, the, the bluey that the water's broke onto, like, into the kitchen. And he checks it for meconium. And he comes back. And he's like, we're all good, babe. It's all clear. And, like, I hadn't even thought about that. That's not even crossed my mind. But he was all over it. And I'm like, cool, all right. Anyway, he calls back the midwife to tell the midwife and she's like in the car on the way over and he's like, can I get her in the pool? I don't know the temperature of the water. Like I don't know if I can get her in the pool yet. And the midwife's like, if the water is warm to touch, it's fine. Just get her in there. We can deal with it when I get it. I was like, okay. So then he gets off the phone. He's like, all right, babe, we've got to get in the pool now. And at this point I'm like thinking the baby's so close. Like I'm pushing and I'm like, this baby's like really, really close <laughs> to being here. Like I'm like thinking we're not, well, thinking we're skipping the pool, um, staying where I am and we're giving birth. Um, but Todd's like, no, nope, no, nope, we're getting in the pool. I'm like, okay. And there's just enough water in the pool. Like I'm saying like 45 centimeters of water <laughs> in the birth pool. Like it's just full and it's just warm enough. Like just, somehow. Anyway, Todd gets me up into the pool and then the next, I'm like on my knees, like leaning over the edge of the pool kind of thing. And the next contraction, I can feel her crown and I'm like, Todd like Todd like the head I can feel the head the head is coming I can feel the head and so he calls back the midwife again this time leaves her on the loudspeaker and then like I'm obviously like in it concentrating like feeling it all and the midwives obviously said to Todd like put your hands on her hips and keep her hips under the water oh no that's right what happened so sorry rewind before he calls her the head comes out so it's like she crowns for one contraction the next contraction her whole head is out and Todd Todd comes over to the pool and he can like see me. I'm like obviously in the pool leaning forward and he can like see her head like chilling there. Um, and so Todd calls back the midwife's like, I can see the head and puts the phone down. And then she's like, put your hands on her hips and like keep her hips underwater so that like the next contraction I don't like come up out of the water and, you know, yeah, and the baby needs to be in the water now. The baby's head's out. So he's like pushing down like really – like put lots of pressure like on my hips, making sure my hips are under the water. But remember, like there's not much water on the pool. <laughs> so I'm like doing this really awkward like squat thing to try and keep this baby like under the water and my hips under the water. And then the next contraction, she just kind of – I just kind of intuitively like bring one of my legs forward like because I'm kind of on my knees. I bring one forward to be in like a lunge yeah. position like and just – just witnessing my body do it. I was not consciously thinking, but my body just pulled my leg forward. And then the next contraction, she just shot out in front of me and I'm like kind of leaning back into the pool. And I just see this baby in the in the water because she's just like shot out. And then I pick her up and like put her on my chest and she immediately starts crying. And then like Todd and I just look at each other for like this is like second or two seconds we'd look at each other and we're just like, oh, my God, and just like complete shock and awe. Uh, we have just birthed this baby by ourselves, um, just the two of us. And then, like, a couple of seconds later, I can hear the midwife on the phone, like, congratulations, guys, <laughs> like, on speaker, you know. Um, I'm just like, oh, my God, we did it. And, yeah, it was, she was born at 29 minutes past midnight. So from the first pain to when she was born was an hour and 50 minutes. Wow, that's wild. And she just shot out and... The whole pregnancy, I was kind of measuring a smaller. So I had in my mind, I was going to have this small baby. I was like, yeah, perfect. And I have a small baby. But she was actually bigger than my first. Oh, wow. 
Um, yeah, and like I had, oh, I had a little graze, but there was no need for stitching or anything. It was just, yeah, and so it was just so crazy. Todd and I just looking at each other like, oh my god. So yeah, be careful what you wish for. We did get the free, yeah. um, but it was just so so incredible, and the water was not warm enough in the bath. So after a couple of minutes of sitting in there, we're like, okay, we need to get out of the pool now. It's definitely like I'm getting cold now. Yeah. Um, and then the midwife. Um, arrived about half an hour later so she was because the drive from her house was about 40 minutes or something to our house so she yeah probably at 20 minutes I guess 20 minutes after she was born the midwife arrived um, that we hadn't met before <laughs> new midwife that we hadn't met um, so it's just funny the contrast of like I guess the first one really wanting to have the same midwife the second one having a completely new midwife on the day <laughs> yeah wow so wild what ended up happening with your original midwife? Did she call back? Yeah, so she called us back at 5 a.m. Oh. So we ended up getting tucked back into bed at like 3 a.m. So, yeah, she was born around, what, midnight? No, you know, 20 minutes, 12.30. Then the midwife got there, birthed the placenta about an hour later, like, you know, did all the checks that you do and whatever else. And then um, the midwife pretty much tucked us into bed at 3 o'clock and then she left. So we were back in bed, but I was on such a high. I was just could not sleep. There was no way, no way I could sleep. Um, I was just like just the natural high I was on. It was next level. I was just lying in bed next to this baby, just like staring at her like, oh, my goodness, I cannot believe that just happened kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it was like 5 o'clock and I was like wide awake. But she that's when she called back. And so I didn't answer because Todd was asleep at this point. And I just text her like, baby's born, all's well, um, you know, we'll call you, you know, when we wake up kind of thing. And she was just obviously so, so, so apologetic. So her phone for the – it's the first time she's ever missed her birth in her whole career. And like I said, she's got a whole mo- – most of her career is a home birth career, like as a home birth midwife. Um, and her, she accidentally somehow knocked her phone on silent. Like it was sitting underneath her pillow. Like she sleeps with her phone under a pillow. And um, she'd somehow knocked it on silent – and so she just didn't get any of our calls. No, she would have been so devastated doing that. She was. She was incredibly devastated. And so when she woke up at 5 o'clock, oh. she saw like, you know, 30 or 40 missed calls or how many times we tried to call her and she knew immediately obviously oh. what was going on and called us back straight away. And then she ended up coming around like 7 o'clock that morning, like the next morning um, to see us and everything. But, yeah, she was she was just devastated as well and she, she was so paranoid um, about her phone from then on, um, just so paranoid, but never missed a birth before. Um, well, you know, it worked out the way it was meant to, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. They, again, there's no hard feelings there for me. I think obviously, I mean, I loved it. I don't, and I don't think whether my midwife being there or not would have changed the course of the birth. I think it would have still happened that way. Yeah. Um, if anything, she probably would have just been present. <laughs> like, you know, I can't imagine that, um, yeah, it was definitely, it was just, you know, destined to be that way, I guess. Yeah, so. exactly. If you guys decide to have more babies, your next birth, would you call the midwife, like, literally the second you felt labor coming? Very quick. <laughs> yeah, I think if we were to have another one, um, I would still definitely have a midwife. I feel like just that is, like, that safety net kind of thing. Um, um, and I think it would be, we would be choosing a midwife based on, location to our house yeah (laughs) like proximity like how yeah how close like how quickly can you get from where you are to where I am um 
Yeah. And I also think that we would kind of like hold on to that expectation of the midwife actually arriving really loosely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but just for, I guess, like our, um, I don't know, just, just to, yeah, you know, just for our peace of mind, I would definitely still go down that route. And, and I do quite like, um, you know, the, the prenatal care as well, like having that person to check in with and knowing that, you know, for whatever reason you can call and, at any time of day or night, you know, you've got someone there for you to help you assist you as well. So, yes. What an amazing journey you've had. Yeah, absolutely. So, so blessed, so beautiful. I loved every second of it and I can safely say that I absolutely love giving birth. I did feel that way. Um, I'm really really happy that I managed to make that work for me. Like I see having that wanting to love birth, I absolutely love birth Um, and I spruik it. Uh, as much as I can in like obviously a respectful way because I think it's a narrative that we need to have out in society that is not necessarily how birth is depicted in every day and I think it can be and it is you know our responsibility to share these really beautiful stories so work doing is amazing so thank you so much for having me on thank you that's really kind what about your placenta? Did you end up doing anything special? Yes, I did. So both times I got them encapsulated. Awesome. Yeah, to be honest, I haven't actually even started taking it the second time. Saying that out loud now, I'm like, I have got a whole jar of placenta I have not taken. <laughs> <laughs> but I did I did take it the first time. And I found for me too later on because I didn't oh, – like I'm awful with supplements. Like I just – I can't – regularly take medicate like you know vitamins and stuff and just useless at that so I like was still taking my placenta like six months because <laughs> I would just like randomly take it when I remember but I noticed a real difference with um, my milk I noticed my boobs would be fuller um, every time I took the placenta so that was really interesting because I kind of did a couple of experiments on myself like okay I'll take it this day and then I won't take it for a couple of days and I take it again and I'll be like yeah it made a real difference with feeling my boobs so Anyway, yes, I do have all intention of taking it. I just have not yet. Amazing. But, yes. So to wrap up the episode, what would be your key piece of advice for any expectant mothers out there listening? Um, I think that's really tricky mm-hmm. to think of, like, a piece of advice. I guess um, I, I guess I just want to say that I, I don't, there's no right or wrong way in giving birth. And I think as long as you are giving birth in a way that feels safe to you and you are empowered, then that is the most important thing. And that could look very, very different to everybody. Obviously, like for me, that is um, home slash free birth, but that is not the case. And there is no wrong way to do it. If you have given birth, um, you are an absolute goddess. You have just grown and birthed a baby, a human being. Like that is absolutely amazing. So However that birth looks for you, whether that is, you know, an induction or you know, a home birth or a planned C-section or whatever it might be, as long as you feel empowered and you've enjoyed that experience or, you know, you've felt respected throughout that, then that is that is key. That is key. You don't have to, um, you know, want like the natural birth if that is not what you want. I think that's important to say. Yeah. Totally agree. Amazing journey you've had, Danny. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing it with us. Thank you so much for having me. I really um, appreciate you hearing my story. That brings us to the end of today's show. Another incredible story for you to learn from. I don't know about you guys, but I always get full body goosebumps whenever I hear of a woman's body taking over and birthing in full power. Just like in Danny's case, her body and baby were waiting for nobody. 
I hope today's story is a reminder for you that you are so capable and you really don't need anyone to birth your baby. Of course, having a birth team for support is a great option and one that I myself would want. But just remember when it comes down to the actual birth, it's all you mama and you are built for this. I believe in you and so does your baby. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. If you love PBA, we would be forever grateful for a follow and a review on your podcast platform. This helps us to continue bringing you these stories each week and reach the women who need it. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you all next week for another episode of Positive Birth Australia. Bye.